0: rather than just you know going and doing a job that's what i really like and i I think that's you know if you don't have a motivation like that you got to get one that's what it takes well hey everyone thanks for joining us today i am jim gas and you're on no law from left behind joining me today is a fantastic person right here sasha Naaman. sasha say hi hi everybody so, Sasha, thanks for joining me today. Um, you know, I, I, I just don't do introductions because I butcher them every time. So it is always the first thing we do is to allow our guests to do their own introductions. So if you don't mind, um, tell a little bit, tell our viewers a li- and, and listeners, actually, because we're going to be on podcast. Uh, tell them about your role at the Children's Law Center, a little bit about yourself and uh, talk about your mission, if you don't mind.
1: Absolutely. Well, I'm excited to be here to talk to your listeners and to you, Jim. Uh, I'm Sasha Naiman. I'm the executive director at the Children's Law Center. And um, so I, I, I've been here now for about th- three, four months, so I'm um, getting my bearings and I'm really loving it. I'm excited to tell you about Children's Law Center. So uh, Children's Law Center, we're, we're a nonprofit law firm and our work is to protect the rights of children and of youth you know, the goal is to have them successfully transition into adult health, to, to, to be able to self-advocate, um, to contribute positively to our society, you know, their safety and well-being. It, it's, uh, you know, m- maybe c- kind of too too often just said and forgotten that kids are the future, um, because that, that really is so true. And we have to, to dig, dig into that statement. Um, so this is an organization that's been around for over 30 years, it was established in um, 1989, and I think it became a 501c3 in 1990. And we've been we've been doing this work for a long time. We work in Ohio. We work in Kentucky. Um, we provide individual legal assistance, so fully functioning law firm. We have that one-on-one representation for children and youth, um, but we also do a lot of community education. We do policy research, so we're advocating to change systems at the same time as we're working one-on-one with children and families. Um, the clients we're serving are you know, as young as a few months it's Ooh, children age zero, <laughs> and it could also be teenagers and and even youth and young adults. So people who are in their um, youth who might be in their early twenties, and we all know the brain development right is still happening uh, for, from from zero to twenty five. That's still all all youth. Um, and what I what I really have enjoyed. Um, at the Children's Law Center, is that we're looking at elevating the voices of the people who are being impacted by some of the challenges we're dealing with. Right, where we're talking to children, to families, to young adults, to teens, and in helping them navigate their own legal challenges, we're also learning about what are the problems in the systems, what are the issues in these laws, how can we work collaboratively with. Uh, legal communities, uh, courts, uh, law enforcement, but also with non-legal communities, service providers, treatment providers, trauma care, um, so that we're looking not just at individual cases, but at trends, and then using that knowledge to to reform the system. And then once we get a better system, we again are advocating for people in that system, seeing what they say, uh, elevating their voices to create continuous kind of cycle of change. Um,
0: yeah. That that's yeah. awesome, and, and and I have to be honest with you, it's I'm sad. You know I love you, Sasha, and Sasha and I've known each other for a long time. um It's sad that we have to have have an organization like CLC in a way, right? You know that that children have an unspoken voice in, and we have to have somebody speak up for them. That's I, I don't you know, I'd rather not have that. But on the other side, on the policy side, to me. I could see on a big machinery like our, like our country, right. And our policies mm-hmm. and our, you know, and so on and so forth, how groups can be lost in that. Okay. You know, I mean, just get caught up in the cog somehow and not be heard. So in that regard, because of that, you know, I'm really excited that we have CLC and in, in your organization in the organization. So can you tell us a little bit about, and I love, by the way, I love that the children are our future. It's, it's, you know, there was a song way back, you know, um, and, and it's so true. We forget about it so often. And, uh, and, and I, I gotta tell you, I worked with children's organizations for 25 years. I've worked with children's organizations and, um, and it is, a, is a really, really touchy spot in my heart, you know, to see any child suffer, whether it be physically, emotionally, mentally, or, or, you know, uh, opportunity wise. So what types of rights though, do you find that you're protecting a lot of the, the majority of the rights or policies that are you're trying to drive at CLC?
1: Yeah, so I guess I would separate it into three categories. Um, the first would be juvenile justice. So these are children and young adults who are um, arrested. It, it, I guess it could be juvenile justice system and, and sometimes it's adult criminal system because we have uh, 14, 15, 16-year-olds brought into adult systems, and even when they're um, 17, 18, 19, and you know, when they're legally adults, it's still um, not the right system for them if they're in the adult yeah, system sometimes. Yeah. Um, so th- that juvenile justice piece is is one part. So here we're talking about ensuring that there is the appropriate developmentally appropriate care for children in these systems, that they are safe if they are in conditions of confinement, so if they're in juvenile or in adult facilities, that they're not being unnecessarily brought into adult systems, that we have these appropriate responses when kids do things um, that that might be illegal and they have due process and and the correct protections that we're conscious of um, racial Biases um, and systemic racism in the in these systems, and that once they leave these justice systems, that that they don't have lifelong barriers because of their records, that they have opportunities to really remove those records and and to move Mm -hmm. forward. So that's maybe category one is juvenile justice. The the second part is in the child welfare system and ensuring the children's rights are protected and and I I guess I would mean that even broadly is how to ensure that kids who are victims of abuse and neglect and and maybe other types of crime um, that they have guidance through these systems and oftentimes that takes the form of something called a, a guardian ad litem. It's somebody who is there to sure that the child's um, interests and voice and desires are, are elevated to the court. So you might have hearings where there's allegations of abuse or neglect in like a family court um, and that, you know, the state has an attorney and the, the parents might have an attorney, but the, we are the attorney for the child. Right? What is in that child's best interest? Or in some cases, um, children might be victims or witnesses of crime, and they're actually getting pulled into a criminal proceedings where it's not against them; it's against somebody else. And we would be the attorney for the child to make sure that the way that they are giving testimony and the way that they're involved through that process, that their rights are are being protected. So it's a kind of kind. Child safety and welfare is the second category. And the third area is education. So kids going through um, school, I mean, they're entitled to their educational rights. But oftentimes we see kids, especially who might have some special education needs, um, who need to navigate more complex legal systems to make sure that they're getting their their rights to education, that, that schools aren't using exclusionary discipline like suspension or expulsion inappropriately, so the child is losing their you know, ability to learn. Um, but also that they're getting their, you know, do they have behavioral needs, mental health needs? Um, other disability needs that we can help them protect as they're going through the education system. So these children's rights are coming in the form of of state rights, of federal rights. Uh, We might be in state or federal court. We might be in administrative hearings a lot of the time. But the idea is, you know, how can we ensure that kids are growing up with, with health and safety and protections in these different government systems that they go through. So that the justice systems, and those child welfare systems, those education systems, there's a lot of laws around them. They're difficult for kids to navigate. They're difficult for families to navigate. And that's why we come to, to be that advocate and that voice.
0: Man, uh, it, it, look, I've been with CLC for a while and, uh, and I never knew the depths of that. That's, it's amazing how, how much you guys are actually doing. What are some of the programs? You you have educational programs. Uh, tell me a little bit about it.
1: Yeah, so I'll go into a little bit more detail. So in, in terms mm-hmm. of educational programs, mm-hmm. we're serving children who are denied educational rights. So that could be enrollment issues, special education issues, disability rights, exclusionary discipline. Um, we're also working with children who are going through like this, or those child welfare systems. Um, Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. we even have a program that's targeted toward families and and children who are dealing with, with familial addiction issues. So they have family members who have addiction issues and in those Mm -hmm. situations oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes what's, what's in the best interest of the child and what the child wants is to reunify with parents and, um, Y- yanking kids away from their parents, you know, that's, that's not the way to go a lot of the time that those bonds are really important, but how do we set those parents up to be successful safe parents and get both the children and the caretakers, the, the trauma care and treatment and um, uh, rehabilitation sometimes that, that, that they need in those situations. We have programs that, that work with uh Teens and young adults, so this is maybe 16 to 23, 24 more often, and they're dealing with barriers to employment and to stable housing. Um, they might be transitioning out of foster care, uh, out of a, a juvenile detention facility, out of an adult detention facility. They might be coming out of shelters. A lot of them are homeless youth. Um, so they're, they're a little bit older, and the issues that they're facing. Um, oftentimes are around that that homelessness, that that instability in their um, teen and young adult life, and we're helping them with record sealing, um, with eviction protection, with uh, you know figuring out how to remove and mitigate the, the obstacles that those evictions create. Um, We serve children who have experienced different types of crime or victims of crime. Um, So that could be family violence. It could be dating violence, domestic violence. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of them are victims of sexual assault, uh, maybe human trafficking, just a variety of of crime. And we serve the youth who need that assistance because a crime was committed against them. And now they're faced with. A sometimes overwhelming legal process where they are entitled to certain protections. So do, do you give your testimony in open court or do you do it separately, uh, privately with the judge? Are you more comfortable answering certain types of questions or not answering certain types of questions? It's, um, it's hard for kids to go through these processes. Uh, and so we represent them when they are, the, you know, the, they've been accused of something. And when some somebody has been accused of something against them. And you know, if I think I can give one takeaway for, for listeners as they listen to these programs, it's that there's this false di- dichotomy I think that's created in, I don't know, media, society, whatever, that there are children who are victims and then there's children who are uh, perpetrators, violent, You that know, there's good kids and bad kids. And um, it's a really false dichotomy. The kids that we serve who are victims of crime who, through our Crime Victims Project are also the kids we're serving uh, who are accused of crime, who might have conditions of confinement issues, who might have record-sealing needs and so on. Uh, These are children right there in a developmentally very different place than adults. And I would say also adults don't have like, there's no uh, victims and criminals. I say that in quotes for those who are are listening. That's not how human beings work, but that's particularly not how, how children work. And um, the goal is to, to give children the support and help they need, whether or not they've made a mistake and, um, all children make mistakes. All adults make mistakes. Oh my gosh, yeah. And I and, made
0: a few myself.
1: That's right. So it's about it's about empowering youth, um, and not not. Not writing them off and, you know, putting them into a particular um, category that youth are incredibly resilient. They they are so able to turn things around. It's actually why the juvenile justice system is supposed to be rehabilitative, whereas the adult system um, has many. The, the theory behind the adult justice system includes punitive and retributive measures which i disagree with but that you know i digress but but they they are actually set up for the juvenile system to, to be much more rehabilitative it's because of the nature of of, of youth development so the goal in the long term through all these programs is that we can ensure that youth Improve their economic stability, and that they achieve mental health and physical health, yeah. they further their education. It's ensuring that positive connection with their with their families and their community.
0: I think I read on your website that so they can be a positive impact and have a positive impact on society, and and that's really the goal, isn't it? You know, you want to you want every human being to be a functioning member of society. And so, I think you're raising those odds. Let, let's move into what what others can do, right? And to help you, because uh, I th- I know the group down there; they're just so fantastic. I love the group down there at uh, CLC. By the way, we call Children's Law Center CLC you know, um, lovingly here at, at SpliceNet. But, um, but so talk, talk to me about some of the things that you do to raise awareness, some of the fundraisers um, and uh, and how the public can have an opportunity to really get involved in, in help CLC.
1: Absolutely. So I, I guess I'll put it into th- 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 three buckets. I've been doing a lot of three buckets. So we're going to, we're going to keep sticking with it. So I like
0: first, the bucket mentality. That's easy.
1: Yes. Split it up. Um, you know, we don't charge our clients when we represent them. We do tons of community presentations. We, we develop policy briefs. We don't charge people to uh, get that policy research or to to come to our um, education events for families and so on. So the way that we're able to do this work is through donations, is through gifts from the community. So the, the, really big way that somebody can support organizations like this is make sure that we can turn on our lights that we can compensate our staff so that they can also um, you know have have the ability to keep doing this work. We we do have annual events and they were kind of stopped around covid times and we're going to continue this year we're in the process of, of thinking through what our next big annual event is so keep your eyes and ears open we'll have some um, large, large fundraising event but go to our website it's um, childrenslawky.org so children's with an s lawky.org and you can donate through the website, just kind of click right in that top you know, three lines and scroll and scroll down. Donate will be a big button. Um, it's huge. I mean, the, the, every gift helps. So you can give fifty dollars, you can give five hundred dollars, you can give five thousand dollars, you can give five dollars. It's all going to help, and, and it's really critical. So um, supporting us in that way helps.
0: What about lawyer volunteers? Can can lawyers uh, and their staff help other yeah, so than we, volunteer we, time?
1: Yeah, another way to, to, to help us is to volunteer. And it's it's not just lawyers, it's non-lawyers too. We mm-hmm. can use help around fundraising, around communications. We have volunteers that come in at different times. We sometimes have specific volunteer needs even posted on our website. Uh, but of course, feel free to reach out to us if you're interested in volunteering. Um, I can say even at, at this present moment, I know we have volunteer attorneys. We have somebody who's volunteering around um, communications. We have lots of student volunteers. We have high school students, uh, college students, and, and and law students that come through our programs um, as volunteers and as interns. So absolutely, you can give of your of your time and of your skills. Uh, another way, I, I think that's that's really important. Um, is, is keep educating yourself is learning so it actually helps us when the community is knowledgeable about these things so you can attend trainings from children's law center um re- look at our website there's lots of research materials that we've created and also lots of other organizations keep yourself up to date and that's important because we all have our spheres of influence um how do we hire or you know, do we are we a landlord are we um interacting with our own clients in a particular way. So the more you know, the more you have impact in your sphere of influence. And of course, one big sphere of influence we all have is um, we're voters. So we can look through who we put into different office, um, but but also how we advocate for, for different policies. So every once in a while, there'll be some um, push from Children's Law Center uh, for or against some legislation. And we lean on community members to call their representatives, um, you know, for, for or against whatever, whatever's happening. So another way to keep up with that is to look at our, our Facebook, um, our website, you know, follow us on social media, and then we'll keep posting about volunteer opportunities, about giving opportunities, events and and advocacy that's going on.
0: Well, you know what, you just hit the last question I had for you. So if you had some asks or recommendations, right? Are those, would those be those asks and the recommendations for people that are listening or watching?
1: Yeah, that, that's, that's it. Keep in touch with us. Mm-hmm. Um, follow us on social media. And please, if you're able to give of your um, time, talent, and treasure. Oh, I love if that. If you're I mean, able to, <laughs> yes. Too. And, you know, th- I think the, the other ask, and I had said this before, is just remembering that there are fundamental differences between youth and adults and, and our systems have to acknowledge that. And um, we have to be really holistic in the way that, that we look at services for youth and knowing that just one part of the system isn't going to resolve everything. We, we, it ha- the trains all have to be moving in parallel in the same direction. Um, you know, one thing that I haven't mentioned uh, or, or maybe haven't hit on enough is also the work we do um, acknowledges and tries to, to eliminate the disproportionate contact of youth of color with mm-hmm. um, incarceration, with okay. uh, victimization and so on. And so I just, I, I want to be um, out there with, with that ask is to, to be aware of the way that these systems, I mean, they harm all of us. Um, yeah. They they do it at different rates, <laughs> and so th- that that that's something that our organization works toward as well.
0: Well, you know, I, I gotta say I appreciate it. I'm gonna link to put a link to the website in the comments of this uh, show on LinkedIn. Okay, so if you're a listener on podcast on Pandora or Spotify or iHeart um, when any, any of the platforms, you, you go to LinkedIn and search in no a law firm left behind you, you'll find this, uh, for the link. So I, I may even be able to get it somewhere on the podcast as well, Sasha. Um, so, and if they want to reach out to you, your link for your uh, profile, I believe I put that in the, uh, the posting for this show today, but if not, I'm going to put a link for your profile as well in LinkedIn, if that's okay.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. The, the more people can connect with us, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm grateful for it. And the, 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 you said, you said it too, kids are our future. So this is, oh this my is the way to keep up with that future and, um, you know, focus. I've on seen, some,
0: I've I've seen some situations. I've seen some situations. I, I ran a basketball league a, a volunteer basketball league for kids for 13 years of all classes of kids. I've seen a lot of different things. I, you know, I, I, I love the story where, you know, um, a little girl who was being taken care of by the grandmother and their, her, her sister, little sister, mom and dad were incarcerated. Right. And um, and and, you know, she came and how excited she was when her mom was released from incarceration. Kids, they are they, just they're overlooked. Right. They can't communicate like we do. And so because of that, and you know, their stature also a little bit, right, you know, they just don't get the voice that they need. And I appreciate and 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 just love the effort that CLC is putting forth for kids. So I thank you and the entire group. I really do from my heart.
1: Thank you for giving us an opportunity to talk about the work. And um, I'm grateful for your support of it.
0: Well, really quick to close this up. Uh, if you're not a member of No Law from Left Behind on LinkedIn, okay, this is, this is a group we've got and Sasha is a member of it. Well, she's going to be a member of it. Uh, very soon, and so she's a mem- member of, of No Law from Left Behind on LinkedIn. This is our private exclusive group. We put all of our posts in here. Uh, there's it's it's specifically for this podcast. Please go be a member of that group. Sorry for the URL. Um, LinkedIn does not give us pretty URLs for our groups, unfortunately. I'm still lobbying for that myself. In addition to that. Um, if you want to catch us on podcast, you can go search any of the podcast platforms for no law firm left behind. And uh, but if you want a nice place where all of them are listed in one place, go to our link tree. It's under link tree link dot link e, So dot uh, e at uh, forward slash splice net. You can also search that. And uh, we've got a whole list of all the podcasts and all the past shows on YouTube and so on and so forth. Remember, we're here every week uh, from um, from 10, 10, 30 to 11 o'clock Eastern time every Tuesday. Sasha, thanks so much. And um, and I'm looking forward to seeing you for lunch here pretty soon.
1: All right. Thank you so much, Jim.
0: That's right. Take care, everyone. And have a great week.